Hey everybody, welcome to another Prop Report podcast interview. Bank Kansas are back with a brand new album called The Absence of Presence. It comes out on June 26th on Inside Out Music. There's been two singles released so far, Throwing Mountains and Memories Down the Line. I'm really pleased to welcome guitarist Zach Grisby and keyboardist Tom Brislin from Kansas to talk about the new record. Hello, sir. Hello. Hey, man. Hey, hey Tom. What's up, Zach? So what's going on? Where are you guys right now? Where are you hold up? I'm in my home in Jersey. You're in Jersey. I'm also in Jersey. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. You guys live pretty close to each other, right? You now. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's been uh, it's been crazy. So, God, I was it was so I saw you guys last in Tennessee, and that was a just a great a great day, a great theater, a great show. Uh, I mean, it couldn't have been better. And all this time, this sneaky thing was was going around town, and none of us knew anything was going on at the time. I mean, literally three weeks later, the world shut down. It's true. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's hard to believe. That's who would have thought we'd be sitting home right now? I know it's it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, are you guys? I, I mean, I know you're doing a lot of press for the interview, obviously this being one of them. And but are you? Yeah, I mean, is this sort of the norm? Normally, what you'd be doing, sort of press wise? Are you feeling a bit out of sorts with an album promotion, kind of stuck in at home doing this? Is this is this a weird way to to do it? I guess. Um, well, I, I guess I'll go first. I mean, it's, to me, this is kind of a whole new experience for me, honestly. It's not like I've spent the, you know, the last 30 years of my life in music, you know, making big records that have gotten released with a bunch of fanfare, you know. So this is kind of new to me. And even after, during Prelude Implicit, I was so buried learning the show. I'd just only been in the band for a few months that, like, I didn't really have this experience. So so this is all new to me. So I, I don't really have anything to compare it to. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's been it's been great. Everyone's been so far, all the interviews, all the press has gone great so far. Yeah. Tom, how about you? I second that idea of the newness of it all in a lot of ways, because this is the first album that I'm involved with, with the band. And we would just be out touring now. So we'd be kind of threading the needle in between doing the interviews and promotion for the record and doing the shows. Yeah. So in a sense, we're 100% focused on the album right now, since we can't perform. And... It's it's on the it's on the front burner for sure, and and I bet you might have even thrown in throwing mountains into the set by now or 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 working towards that at this time, which would have been amazing to to be able to perform something new uh, on the shows. I mean that's uh, that's got to be tough. I mean I know every everybody's going through the same thing. Every band on on the planet has canceled their shows. Anyway, well let's talk a little bit about the album. I mean obviously I I got to talk to you guys about it went back in Tennessee about a month ago, but that was before I really heard anything. And, you know, I've had a chance to listen to the record. It is just insanely great. I mean, blown away, completely blown away. And I think everybody that has had a chance to hear it is, and, and those that will eventually hear it, I'm sure will be. Talk about having this album done and, and having a chance to listen to it. What are your feelings back now after recording and having a chance to absorb it, Zach? Um, well, well, I, I can tell you honestly, you know, I've been so, so involved in it for so long. I mean, from the beginning of the writing process, it's been like over three years. Um, so, you know, honestly, I'm not really ready to go back and, and, and evaluate it. And like, it usually takes a while. I can never tell 
you know, usually my initial instinct is that I immediately hate everything that I do. And I don't feel that way in this case, which is rare. Um, but, you know, you'd have to ask me in a year, you know, I, yeah. I, I kind of mellow out from it. Then I'll come back and listen to it in six months. And I think it's going to hold up pretty well. Though I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. Tom, what's your take on now having a chance to listen to it in its entirety when it's when it's finally done? Or do you not also not maybe do that after spending so much time working on it? Well, there, de- there definitely was a lot of critical listening near the end of the process. And I kind of needed to step back and sort of freshen up the ears after it was all done. And of course, Throwing Mounds was released as a single. So I was hearing that a lot and showing the video to people and talking about the song. But even having not heard that song for just a week or two and then putting it back on, it was like, oh, okay. It had like a freshness to it. So it's a good sign that even just stepping away from the music for just a moment can kind of refresh the the ears and get back into it and i've only heard the entire album in sequence a, a few times but i'm sure that's going to change once we get all the special editions and the 5.1 version and all yeah. the cool variants of the record i'm going to want to check that out for me i gotta tell you and i'm not just blown smoke but i mean i it is it it, it might be my favorite album so far this year and it's an album that once you start putting it on and you get to the third track or the fourth track and the fifth track, you can't stop listening to the whole thing. There's not a bad song on this thing. And I just, I, I, I'm, again, I'm just so thrilled with how this album came out for you guys. I can't wait for people to hear it. I think it's just incredible. Man, that, that's great. That's really great. I mean, I've been hearing a little bit of that, but you know, to hear it again, it, it's just awesome. And uh, it was a lot of work and it's, 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 you know, just hearing stuff like that just kind of makes all the all the blood and pain worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, nope. I want to I want to just go back a little bit to uh, when you first decided to. Okay, we're we're working on a new album. Decisions made. We're going to work on a new album. For for one, is that is that how it starts? There's a meet a band meeting, and you decide to make a new album. But then after that happens, you know, where does it start? Do you, are you just you Zach and Tom are you guys separately just demoing a bunch of ideas and then you you bring it to the band later after a few weeks or is it song by song or or what's the process there um well well you know Tom being the newest member Tom you know Tom came in long after the plan to make a record had been you know already set in stone and the, the plan was already in motion so so that part of it hasn't applied to him yet it certainly will when we when we look at doing something else um yeah it's as simple as a phone call um i got a phone call from phil in january 2017 and he said hey i think you know it had been you know four or five months since prelude came out and he said i think it's let's start planning for maybe uh recording at the end of 2018 or something a famous last words um mm-hmm. but i think guys like phil and rich and you know who've been doing it a long time they understand that a band like this, you know, our, our livelihood, our, our life is on the road touring. And they know that because we're not home that much, that making a record is going to be a slow and, you know, kind of a protracted process. And so it, there's not, it's not like a deadline kind of thing. You know, I mean, I tried really hard to have enough material by the end of 2018, but it just didn't work out with the amount of time that, that's available. And so it's basically, we basically worked on it until we had the material. And, and quite frankly, I didn't make it. I wasn't ready. But Thank God Tom came in and had had three songs because because I kind of maxed out at about 37 minutes. And you know, I don't know, <laughs> I had to push it back another year. So 
Um, so yeah, there's no plan. It's just like, we've got this much time available. Let's try to do as much as we can and try to get it out there as soon as possible. But you know, it's, 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 it's a really hard thing to make work while you're on the road. Yeah, I bet. And, and you guys tour, I mean, year round all the time, it's become a machine, uh, on the road. Tom, uh, you brought songs that were already written or, or did you, once you joined, you got assigned to, to write some material? In my first conversation with Phil Ehart, when he called me to ask me to join the band, one of the questions I had was, what about songwriting? Is that something I'm, I can be a part of? And he said, yes, definitely, but show us what you got. And so I got to work uh, writing some music and some lyrics. And I may have looked back into my own personal bag of tricks from a few years for some elements and motifs that maybe weren't appropriate for my own solo work or something. And I, I was listening. I said, oh, some of these ideas could be fleshed out and and made Kansas. But that was only for a, a few bits of propulsion. One, the instrumental for memories down the line and the song The River Sang. Those are songs that I wrote music and lyrics for while at the same time trying to master the live set since I was in my first tour with the band in 2019. So in between learning Hopelessly Human and The Spider, uh, I was also writing songs because I knew it was would be a tremendous opportunity. And having talked to, with Zach, who said, yeah, there's there's room for some more music here. I, I got to work on that and also wanting to get in on the fun with the songs that Zach wrote music for. I really hit it when it came to writing uh, lyrics and ended up writing lyrics for several of those songs as well. Yeah. Um, Zach, was there a discussion towards a kind of style or a direction to try and do or not do or, you know, or was it just let's make what Kansas is? Yeah, it, it was let's just make, you know, what it is. I mean, I mean, for me, you know, I had luckily I had TPI that had already happened and then we had already I had already had this experience once with with the band. And so like there was a lot of stuff that I had written for that record that I like it and everything, but I could see how, you know, you always want to improve and, and all of that. So there, there was a lot of personal stuff where, there was, for example, there were certain songs on TPI that I liked, but I thought, you know, I can write a better version of that song. I want to, you know, there were things like that. Um, but yeah, otherwise, no plan. It's, it's like, like I say, you know, um, you, you never have time to think about it. You're always doing stuff. And so when you get home from a week on the road and you sit down to write, it's you know you just kind of whatever's going to come is going to come and you're going to and you're going to you're going to go with it because there isn't a whole lot of time to dissect and and think about stuff so yeah just one at a time you know no no yeah. plan what i i mean what i like for a, a lot of bands like like a kansas for example that have been around a long time you know every band goes through the ups and downs and then and then hitting some trends that that maybe influence writing or things like that like what happened with all the bands in the 80s or whatever and then there comes a point where you're making records and it's like, well, let's just do what we do and not worry about any of that. And there's sort of a bit of a freedom to it, I think, that comes. And this is a straight up prog rock, go for it all kind of record, which is uh, the fans of this band, I think, are going to like. And that's what you guys did. I hope, hopefully, we certainly tried. Yeah. Um, the title track, Absence of Presence, is just amazing. Where did that song come from? Tell the story about that one a little bit. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you the origin of it, and I'll turn it over to Tom since he wrote the lyrics. Um, that, that was a that was a title that Phil Phil Ehart came up with a couple of, a couple of years now ago, 
show now. And he called me and said, I've got this title. I think it might be cool. I don't know if it's a song title, album title, what. Um, and he, he said it to me and, and I thought it was really cool and a lot of imagery and stuff. But but I'm not a lyricist and I just filed it away and went back to work. And I, get, well, I guess when Tom joined the band, I had written the music to the song that would become that song. And, and Phil had somehow become possibly attached to the idea that the absence of presence might work as the title of this song. And I guess he spoke to Tom and and Tom took a crack at the lyrics and, and came up with it. So is that kind of how it happened, Tom? I think so. Yeah, it's interesting because, like Zach said, I had been presented the title from Phil, and he, and he gave me a few ideas of where what it means to him. But mostly he kind of turned us loose. And I started writing lyrics. And what's interesting is that Zach's song demos he would play the melodies on guitar on the demos as a reference for us. So it was interesting to hear the phrasing of the melodies and that would kind of guide which song would become, say the absence of presence or which one would be animals on the roof or something, because there was a point where these songs just had numbers and Phil had some titles and I had some ideas and it was uh, an interesting process to see which ideas, which lyrics were going to gravitate towards which songs. And when The Absence of Presence was such a major centerpiece, and I think it's a pretty bold choice for an opening song, too. I think that kind of sets the tone that we're doing things our way. So I I like that a lot. No, for sure. I think that song absolutely sets the tone. And the one thing about it, too, is the production really just flies right in your face. I mean, the minute that the drums kick in on that song, it's just, it's really, uh, really powerful and really just overwhelming. It, it's great. I mean, that, that's probably my favorite song on the record, but it, 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 it's all good from there. Um, the single throwing mountains has a tremendous hook. Um, what was the writing process behind that one? And when you stumble upon that chorus, that kind of kind of really works i mean it's just perfect in the the way it sits right there in that song is is there any moment like for you zach or, or tom when you're writing this and and it clicks and you go okay wow this is this is it we've hit upon this is a good hook we hit upon something here um yeah yeah it, it does yeah it usually does i mean I, you know like kansas is so defined by all the instrumental passages by the fact that you know you have long songs and complex songs and songs that don't you know, to take a minute before they get to the vocal, etc. There's all that instrumental stuff, but but when it comes to the the singing parts, like I never that's that's the most important thing for me. Like no matter what else there is in the song, I like if I'm writing personally, like I can't go further and flesh anything out until like I feel like I've got a verse and a chorus that that at least work for me. And I remember that one. I remember thinking, yeah, wow, this this sounds like something. I remember Paul McCartney once said that like. Everything he wrote that he ever thought was good, he felt like he had stolen it from somebody else because, you know, great, good melodies have a certain, they feel familiar in a certain way. And I remember yeah. it felt that, I remember thinking, is this, did I steal this or something? But anyway, so it, it was a good sign. So, yeah, I guess there is a little bit of that. In it, but that is the most important thing. If I can't come up with a melody or a vocal section that I like, I'm just going to put the song aside until I can figure out how to finish it. You know, that that's the most important thing. Yeah, no, that one just it it works. It 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 sort of eases right into the chorus right there. Almost almost sneaks up on you, but it's just really catchy, really hooky. Um, Tom, did you write the lyrics for that one too? I did, and these were in, inspired by another one of Phil's titles, 
And he came to me and said, Throwing Mountains, said a couple words about it, and just let me write what I thought it would mean. And this is a perfect example of a song lyric that found Zach's melodies, because we were listening. That was actually the first song demo that I heard from Zach's writing for the new album. So I was getting familiar with the tune, and that melody it just screamed throwing mountains just the the phrase just fit right into the melody and once i knew that that part worked well together i knew that this was in fact going to be throwing mountains and then i I just wrote the lyrics from there i love that that's so cool isn't it funny that also the absence of presence happened that phrase happened to exactly fit the melody that i had it's it's weird that that even happened that's another one too They they were independent things they existed independently and yet somehow it just worked. The absence of presence. That's exactly the melody I had. And somehow that phrase hit it. I mean, talk about, you know, it was, you know, a piece of luck. Yeah. We are quite clever, aren't we? <laughs> no, no, actually, you meant all that. We planned that. It's really cool. I mean, that Phil just drops these, like, really cool titles on you guys. And it's, I've, I don't know a lot of bands that really work like that, where one of the one of the guys in the band goes, you know, comes up with a really cool title and just says, here, write this around this. And then it's able to be done. Right. Guys, sometimes I feel like maybe a title comes last. Right. You write the lyrics, then you figure out what the song's about. And then maybe you come up with a title that way. That can yeah. happen, too. Yeah, um, I, I get. Sorry, Tom, you're the lyricist. You should answer that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because in the case where I did have the opportunity to write lyrics from scratch for one of Zach's songs you know all these uh weeks on tour and spending time in airports it was just a matter of time before I wrote a song called Jets Overhead (laughs) and I think that was inspired while waiting for an Uber outside the airport or something like that right (laughs) and with with that freedom I, I do believe as you said I think I started writing the lyrics first and then the title revealed itself so the the newest single, second single from the record, uh, Memories Down the Line, just, you know, in the line of, of great Kansas ballads, um, you know, talk about writing that one and what the story behind that one is. For Memories Look. Down the Line, it started off with that piano verse that you hear. The first thing in the song is the first thing that I wrote uh, when it came to that whole piece. And... I tend to write music first, but this one was a little bit of give and take. I would write that piano part, and maybe I think I started coming up with lyrics before all the sections were written musically. But I tend to lean music first in in writing. So I was thinking a lot about the generations of the fans of this band, actually, and how we see multiple generations at shows and people who come up to us who we didn't expect to be into Kansas, but maybe their parents got them into it or something like that. And I was thinking about how our songs can have the subject matter that speaks to our audience. And the audience spans so many generations. I started thinking about, well, what do we pass along from generation to generation? And I got a little bit esoteric with it too. But I just wanted something that had a sincere feeling to it and the beauty of it being Kansas is that we could go full stadium ballot at the end if we wanted to, yeah. uh, which is great because it, it, there's so much room to grow with the music. There, we're not held back by any sort of commercial restraints. We said, well, let's make a piece of music that starts off as a simple ballad and it just 
builds to a fever pitch it'd be some sort of epic majestic tune but still has this sort of sense of longing yeah no that one it's a great song um hey did you guys know i'm in the uh throwing mountains video did you ha- did you happen to catch me sneaking a- sneaking in there for a second really yeah <laughs> we're, we're in it we're in it i watched it <laughs> No, it's like literally if you blink you'll miss me, but there's a it's 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 in one of the black and white uh parts. I'm actually I think I'm standing next to you, Zach, where when you guys were doing the uh rehearsal yeah, before the show. In the dressing room, that's right. And I then, did see you. I was oh yeah, that's right. I did see that shot. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, I'm like, okay, well I, I I guess they didn't see me and cut me out. I'll 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 <laughs> allow myself to be in the video. Um what are you guys doing to keep busy now? I mean I mean do you guys talk a lot? Are you doing, are you practicing? Do you still play guitar every day? I mean, what do you do to keep yourself busy now that, uh, you know, we can't tour, you can't do anything. Um, I, me personally, I, me personally, I, I never, I, I should never admit this publicly, but I never play my guitar. I never, never touch the thing until there's something to do with it. Um, I, I've been in my, <laughs> I've been like, I've been working on my studio. I've been working on, you know, working on my mixing and upgrading my studio, doing a bunch of long overdue maintenance that's been due for a long time. And and as soon as I get all that done, then I probably think about writing some new music, you know, and, and getting back to that. Um, but yeah. I'm fortunate to have my studio in my house. So I, I can, if, you know, in a time like this, it's it's pretty easy for me to occupy myself. Did you do a lot of the mixing and, and uh, recording of the album in, in your own studio? Um, the, the mixing happened at my place. Um, I recorded all my parts here. Um, and most of the editing and stuff happened here, but for the like drum tracks and to record Rich's guitar and Dave Ragsdale's violin, for those big bigger things, we go to Georgia and there's a studio. Uh, you know, and it's it's pretty accessible to all the guys uh, that we use for that stuff. Yeah. How about you, Tom? What are you up to these days? My whole lockdown experience began by moving which is really strange this is a strange time to move so i came back to new jersey and i didn't have the studio gear that i had when i worked on my parts for the absence of presence which was in nashville but i had kind of a skeletal setup and i knew that we were going to be in for some hunkering down so i just built sort of a, a a workstation that i could keep busy at and i sort of wanted to have a proof of concept that I could actually produce music here. So I quickly wrote uh, a song and made a video called Sanitize Your Phone and Remote Control, which was sort of <laughs> like a screamy punk song for for cooped up families to, to shout together. <laughs> oh, awesome. I didn't know that, Tom. Yeah. That and it, it was, so I said, okay, well, I can make music here. And... I've been practicing piano, but just kind of going back to the classical music. And I actually am trying to write music and lyrics regularly just to keep those muscles active. But it's it's in very small bites, but I go for the consistency. Yeah. And uh, I guess the album comes out uh, June 26th, uh, Absence of Presence. Um, Hopefully people have heard the singles and have pre-ordered and are getting ready to hear this album. I'm telling you guys, this is album of the year material here and uh everybody needs to check this album out um i hope i get to see you guys again soon it was a blast hanging out that time we did and uh you were supposed to come down here it down to florida to perform who knows what it'll be i hope it happens um yeah oh and i want to thank you guys for doing that little uh film uh, uh message you guys did for the online concert we did i don't know if you guys had a chance to watch it 
Um, but it's uh, it's up on our Prog Report YouTube channel, and uh, it came out amazing. And thank you for the contribution; it was great. Absolutely, yeah, my oh, pleasure. Great. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Hey, listen, be well, and uh, you know we'll stay in touch. We'll talk soon. Absolutely, yeah. Stay safe, man. All right, Thanks, guys. Boy. Yeah, man. Stay Take it easy. Nice Thanks. Bye. Thanks to Zach and Tom for the interview. Don't forget the new Kansas album, The Absence of Presence, comes out on June 26th, so check it out. We're going to close with a clip of Throwing Mountains. For more news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com. Follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report, on Twitter and Instagram, and download the podcast on all our podcast networks. Check out the Prog From Home concert on YouTube as well. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Driving